When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. It is time once again for a recruiting roundup. Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BOL, joined here initially by Tim Watts, our publisher of BOL. And Tim, coming off a junior day weekend at the University of Alabama, Kalen DeBoer's first as the head coach at the University of Alabama. And by the way, Andrew Bone, our senior recruiting editor, is set to join us here briefly. So we'll uh, be going to the triple box, the tri box, coming up in just a little bit. But for now, Tim, just some initial reaction to what we saw from over the weekend in Tuscaloosa and maybe more so in terms of how it impacts the big picture effort for this staff moving forward. Yeah, you know, back, I think, you know, earlier in our career, junior days meant a lot. You'd have a lot of commitments. We're on commitment watch you know we were going through all the uh, preparations for guys and it seemed like we got a handful close to a handful several years I think that's just changed now I think junior days more a little bit slower pace because you got the official visitors visits you can take during the summer not much of a rush but I would say considering how fast they had to put this together and what they were juggling between being named and the staff 2024 class everything they had to put together to get a junior day of this caliber. I thought they did a really good job because you had a lot of high profile guys you saw, especially that they were familiar with. And I think that's important because it shows they built relationships. You got guys coming from across the country, um, guys that they recruited at previous stops who were willing to come to Alabama on a pretty short notice and notice and get to know them. Now the local, the more Southern, the, the in-state guys and all that, they're still building that relationship. It's been I don't even know what it's been now, less than two, three weeks or so since he's been named. I don't even know. I've lost track of time at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they did an amazing job of getting all these guys on campus. And and the reviews, Joe Hastings had a lot of a lot of good updates. Andrews had some. They Reviews have been really good on what the kids say and what they're tweeting out. You can tell on the social media they had a fun time. And uh, a lot of people seem to relate with this staff, and especially with Kalen DeBoer, because I think that's where it's going to start. I think a lot of these assistants we knew were really good recruiters because we've heard about it and kids have talked about them. But I think the head coach is the one most wanted to meet and get to know because, I mean, again, he's following quite the legend in, in Nick Saban. Yeah, you got to think that a lot of these kids had already been to the University of Alabama campus, but that was under Nick Saban. So they were probably doing a temp check just on the vibe and the sense of, you know, what Nick Saban had this thing at and does it translate to Kalen DeBoer? And it seems like initially anyway, the response to that has been what you'd want it to be. Yeah, especially the Southern guys. Most of them have been on campus at one time or the uh, or the other. Uh, California kids, though, I'm not sure any of those had really been out here. I mean, that's kind of new underclassmen. Uh, again, flying across the country, you've seen some guys that they've targeted early. Once they got to Alabama, they kind of hit on those guys they felt good about and guys they'd recruited while they were at Washington. And then you come here and you've got, again, you've had guys on, you know, you had Robert Gillespie, you had Freddie Roach, all the back 
the support staff who's done a terrific job in this. We're building relationships. So they had a lot of recruits that could get on campus from the South. But then again, it was a shorter time because a lot of schools had months to work on this, right, this weekend. Alabama didn't have months. You know, they had a few weeks to juggle in and try to get there. And there's a lot of jockeying, you know, there's a lot of gamesmanship on these junior days. You'll have a kid tell you he's going somewhere Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then show up who knows where on Saturday. So, you know, there's a lot of jockeying and and competition for these events. Yeah, we're less than a month into the Kalen DeBoer regime at Alabama. And you mentioned that another one of these events set to take place in a month's time. And certainly by the time you get to March, even just on paper, because there still seems to be some questions about this first coaching staff under Kalen DeBoer, at least on paper, things that haven't been finalized entirely. Uh, There's been talk of Ryan Grubb possibly uh, being involved, in fact, in that Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator search. In a month's time, you, you feel like things will be even more stabilized than they are right now. I think it has to be. Last night at midnight had to be relaxing for this staff. That's the dead period. I, I mean, I'm sure it feels that way for uh, coaches across the country. But for this Alabama staff, now it's a chance to try to get your actual your coaching staff on campus. You can slow down a little bit, do your evals. Everybody's playing at the same rate now. It's the dead period. So there's no campus visit it, visits. You can still talk and build those relationships, but you're not competing to like get them on campus and having to work the phones and all that stuff. So they get a reset right now. They're going to get another reset at midnight on the night when the transfer portal finally closes. That'll be boom, boom, closed. Hopefully his staff is completely set. And, you know, we have a lot of questions about when they'll be announced. I just don't think there's ever been a quick time, and I might be wrong. I just don't recall many quick times where the coaches – were announced uh, fast or expedient. You know, they just they just have been slow. We almost always learn about them on the job before we hear they're officially hired. And that could be contract stuff and all, but I think this is a chance to check all those boxes and get where we need to go. And with that, we are joined by Andrew Bone, Senior Recruiting Editor for us at BamaOnline.com. Andrew, we got things cranked up with Tim talking about some of the aftermath more so as far as administering this first junior day under Kalen DeBoer and the condensed time frame with which he and his staff have had to work with and kind of a building block, I guess, for future efforts, even looking ahead to next month's junior day and how that could impact things. Yeah, it's looking like they'll have their next you know, wave of recruits. I don't know if they're going to call it a junior day yet, but they'll have their next wave of recruits in probably that second weekend of March, March the 8th. You know, already hearing about some kids that may be in there on uh, on the 7th. But you know, being able to get uh, you know, players from just about every part of the country on campus in in three weeks, uh, you know, pretty impressive for this staff, um, You know, considering you know, a lot of people weren't sure who was on the staff two weeks ago, and and now you you pretty much have a complete staff. You got guys that are that are out on the road, uh, been recruiting for the last few weeks. Um, they've been hitting the ground running, but being able to get a lot of kids on campus, uh, pretty important. You know, somebody asked me the other day on our message board on on BOL, would we start seeing more you know in-state recruits on campus at the next junior day? Well, if you look at the in-state recruits who are on campus this weekend. It was a pretty solid list. I mean, it was a list of the guys, you know, 
over, probably over half of the guys who've been offered by uh, the University of Alabama so far. And you had some big names, including Derek Smith, who is uh, you know, one of the top athletes overall in the country, Antonio Coleman. But getting him back on campus, I thought was uh, you know, pretty significant, even though he came out and said that uh, still pretty solid with Auburn, but is going to give this staff a uh, coaching or new coaching staff a, uh, a chance. So you had some good in-state kids on campus, uh, great out-of-state kids. And uh, I think going into this next month, you're just going to continue to work, continue to build relationships, continue to invite kids to campus. Because you got to think about this. Alabama had a junior day set for January the 20th. That was their junior day uh, with the old staff. A lot of players had set up visits for that weekend. And they were going to visit, you know, three or four schools over the next couple of weeks leading up until the dead period. So they, a lot of kids had scheduled plans for this weekend prior to the new coaching staff being hired at Alabama. So, um, you know, for, for those that were concerned about, you know, there weren't these guys in Tuscaloosa this weekend, don't worry. They're going to get there here in the next, uh, in the next month and uh, in the next month or two. Tim, with the changing landscape of college athletics in general due in large part to NIL, whether you like it or you don't like it, it appears to be here to stay. Have you given thought to maybe how kids come into events like this, maybe checking as a part of their checklist? Where does NIL sit on all this? Now, we can talk about NCAA rules and what you're supposedly allowed to do and not do when it comes to the recruitment of pr prospective student athletes in NIL. Um, but have you gotten a sense, whether it's Alabama or elsewhere, just prospects going to these different type of gatherings and uh, on checking on that aspect. It's a big part of things. I think for some kids, they walk right in the door and want to talk about it. You know, we, wow. you know, we saw that at Alabama last year and, you know, we heard it with other kids that that's the first thing and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, I mean, that's a, uh, that's the business model. I mean, it's one of the first things you'd ask in an interview, what, you know, what are you paying me? So that, that kind of makes sense, but I think that's just part of the natural discussion. I mean, if it's me, I can only speak from what I would do. I'd want to get to know if I even like the school, right? I wouldn't really care. My first thing is, do I like the coaching staff? Do I like the school? Do I like the area? All that stuff. I do not think this is the majority of people. Do I even like it before I get, because I got to cut down my list somehow, right? And the easiest thing to eliminate is who you don't like. You know, it's going to be harder because these schools are going to do a fantastic job of, uh, um, presenting their school, their academics, their football program, a lot of great programs across the country. So for me, I would know it, narrow it down to that, and then I would get into any discussions about that when I'm down to a final five. I think some maybe will just make their final five based on their offer, though. But I do think that's going to be in the minority. I would hope so, because is it going to matter how much they offer you if you hate the school and the coach? I would think, <laughs> I would think it doesn't matter as much. Speaking of offers, Andrew Bone, uh, we got a question for you here in the comments. Bone, what are our chances of flipping Naeem Offord, the outstanding cornerback prospect who, as we saw over the weekend, made an early commitment to the Ohio State Buckeyes? I don't think it's been 16 hours since he committed to uh, to Ohio State. And, you know, Tim mentioned this on the board yesterday. I mean, we kind of knew that you know, Alabama was on the outside even before Coach Saban retired, and I'm not sure why. I mean, you, Naheem Offord visited Alabama back last summer. He was in Tuscaloosa a couple times during the regular season. But for some reason, just never really had Alabama as one of his top two or three schools. You know, it was always that. You know, Auburn was in there. Um, 
Ohio State was always you know, right at the top. Miami was a top contender uh, for a long time. He took a lot of out-of-state visits. And you know, sometimes kids just want to go out of state. Uh, sometimes kids just you know want to go away from Alabama for some reason. And you know, that's fine. And I think the new coaching staff, they'll continue to recruit him. They visited uh, Parker High School twice last week. So they obviously are over the course of the last two weeks. So there's obviously some interest there. Always going to be interest in the you know, top player in the uh, in the state at number one defensive back. So I would imagine Alabama is going to continue to recruit him. They got a long time to recruit him and um, uh, several other in-state kids. So we'll see kind of what happens there. But you also have to keep in mind Alabama did just sign an incredible defensive back class. I mean, you look, they lost uh, Jameer Grimsley, but they still signed six. Uh, defensive backs overall, so they're pretty they're pretty stoked about their defensive back class. Which, you know, based on the rankings, there's three guys there that uh, have five stars next to their name. Travis, so, and I'll add I'll add on offer too is that I don't think this is shut down because I think NIL played a factor. When you're looking at possibly why Alabama wasn't that hot and heavy involved early on, I mean, this is the number one cornerback in the country. Uh, he's going to have, you know, he's he's a legitimate prospect. You know, in December, you know, Auburn thought they had a lot of momentum there. They thought they led for Auburn. Get to January and we start looking at Ohio State. We know Ohio State's been very active in the NIL market recently, too. So I think Alabama will probably be in as involved there as much as they want to be. Um, but we also don't believe the door is completely shut there at all. You guys mentioned, um, you know, some of the, the, the things that we've seen here even with Jameer Grimsley moving on to Florida from the 2024 class, Julian Sayan moving on to Ohio State, the five-star quarterback from this 2024 class. But I see here this morning, Tim and Andrew, uh, that with even the short-term signees moving on, taking taken into account, Alabama still sits there, Andrew, with the number two class in the country. Yeah, I mean, Coach DeBoer has got to be excited about the group that he uh, that he has. I mean, and we've talked about this before. Uh, Alabama could have had a mass exodus from this 2024 class. Uh, it, you know, not just Julian Singh and Jameer Grimsley. There was other guys that you know were probably on the fence uh, once the new staff came in. But once they started having those sit-down conversations with them, and then seeing uh, you know Courtney Morgan, um, Mo Linquist go out on the road, I think it was you know basically the first week on the job, go out and meet with parents of 2024 signees and make them feel comfortable. I thought that was you know, very important for the uh, for the coaching staff. Hey, your kids, they want to go to Alabama. They're still going to be taken care of. Um, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do for them. So I thought that was very important. But you're able to keep that 2024 class intact for the most part. Uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good. But uh, I'll let Tim talk about the, the short-term signees. Oh, yeah. They, uh, I mean, I didn't think it was a big hit. It kind of reminded me when Ruben Foster flipped. And I, you know, I would, I would looked up. I mean, you would have thought they lost the entire class, but they went from number one to number one uh, in that ranking. I had a tweet. It took off. I had no idea. Andrew knows I know nothing about Twitter. I had a tweet. Charles Power texted me, so that's going to be big. And I'm like, what do you mean? I had no idea, but it fell from number one to number one. This class fell from number two, number two. Obviously, you lost two talented guys. But again, as Andrew pointed out, it's not when it comes to the defensive back position, it's about the one spot you could definitely have a guy and not be hurt too bad. And also you brought in Austin Mack. And I know there's been a lot of discussion at Austin Mack. The initial reaction was good grieving. You know, it was tough. It's like Taylor Swift showed up at Kalen DeBoer's press conference, you know, when he was announced. I mean, there was 
hot and some hot and bothered people about it. But obviously, I think we've dug deep now and figured out that he's a super talented guy. Um, not saying they're a wash, but I have a lot of people who think Austin Mack has the bigger upside between him and Julian saying. So if you had to lose two guys, you never want to lose two guys. I think that was two areas you kind of made up for. And also the quarterback room in Alabama, you know, it's pretty stout. Some pressure was taken off when Ty Simpson decided he was staying. I think that was big. We reported it a, a couple of times. We reported he was staying with Saban and then after Saban. So we, <laughs> we've had a few Ty Simpson updates. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to lose anybody, but I think this class overall, it's you know, there's other play positions. Losing somebody, it would have been hurt, hurt a lot worse, in my opinion. All right, for a trio of old heads like ourselves, is there any sense of traditional National Signing Day withdrawal for you guys after what we've experienced the last couple of years with the early signing date in December? I mean, this used to be the week, fellas, when we would be so excited. But I guess, Andrew, no, there's still Alabama with some I's to dot and some T's to cross that are pretty impactful for this class. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to see a couple guys sign on Wednesday, which we, Ryan Williams currently expect to sign on Wednesday. From what we've heard, we, we still need to double check on triple check, quadruple check on that. But, uh, but Ryan, you know, he's, he's very firm with Alabama. Um, you know, is he going to sign on Wednesday? Is he going to sign on Saturday? Coaching staff says that he's going at that Sarah land coaching staff has indicated that he will sign on Wednesday. So, We'll check on that. And then uh, QB Reese, uh, linebacker out of uh, Ramsey that did not sign during that early signing period. He's also going to sign after taking an official visit this past weekend. So we'll see those two guys hop on board uh, officially this week. And um, and then it's, you know, it kind of closes the chapter on um, on this 2020, not just 2024, but Nick Saban. I mean, 2025 is all Kalen DeBoer here, here moving forward. So, um, you know, Coach Saban finishes out his uh, his final recruiting class of you know, the number two recruiting class in the country. Tim, I guess uh, there are a couple of commitments already for 2025 that Nick Saban and that previous staff did have uh, obviously something to do with, and probably even more of these kids um, that they are handing off to Kalen DeBoer and his staff. But Andrew's point is a good one. Uh, it, it really offers up the first opportunity for Kalen DeBoer uh, to make his stamp, put his stamp on recruiting at Alabama. Uh, your thoughts on some of the early offers we've seen, too. You said this earlier, kind of the Cali influence that we saw a little bit from over the weekend. Is that already one of the notable sort of, not changes, because Alabama's recruited Cali under Nick Saban, but a lot of early offers, too, for this 2025 group in the last few days? Yeah, I think with California, you just go with what you know, right? They've spent years building that relationship. A lot of eyes were on them. Time difference alone puts California kids watching more of those Washington games, I would imagine. Um, you know, the less – you know, I know we saw the high profile, but the less profile. So when you look at uh, that, it's not very surprising coming across the country. I think it's a good advantage for Alabama because I don't think – you have those inroads usually when you're getting those kind of guys, not with an assistant. Now you've got several assistants coming from the West coast and guys that are connected to the West coast. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to hear, you know, going back to your first question, it is weird to hear this. It might be the close for Nick Saban. I still think some people are shocked by it. I'll tell you this, I'll tell you going, I'm mixing all these thoughts together. Cause I'm old. Andrew, you're now officially old. We just jumped you into the club. So 
We just you gotta dye Welcome, your beard Bob. or you're gonna be one of us. You're on the fence now. But you know, you when you when you you know, when you look at everything with saving that's done, everything that's closed, and we'll offer he committed to Ohio State. I'm telling you, I'm predicting this. Go three, it's already starting, but the next two, three, four years, watch. There will be a myth created that Alabama never missed on a kid in state to go out of state. Watch this myth grow. It's already growing. Offer committed, and we had several comments like, well, it's changed after saving. They've always lost guys. This year alone, they lost guys they wanted. They lost lost guys last year. Kelby Collins, Peter Woods, they always have lost guys in state because they recruited so national, um, you know, and and they just wanted to do different things. So I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, back to the signing day, it hit me last night. I was waiting on True Detective Season 4, Episode 4, and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Me and Andrew have been texting about that. Pretty excited. Last season, episode one, the final season's back. Somebody on that, and it hit me like, man, it is this never boring. Like, we should be trying to get updates on a kid committed to Bama visiting somewhere else. We should be trying to get updates on Bama. That does what replaced it was all that drama was in December. So there was nothing boring about December. There was no... <laughs> We had to get through the 22nd. That was a wild time. So they changed the dates on us. They flipped the schedule over. So it's definitely di- different. But again, Noah Carter, you know, you know, Reese and uh, Ryan Williams, plus the transfers. I'd say the guy, this staff's earned a earned a earned respect for us to make take a watch and see approach to what they can do. Bend over asking here in the comments. Are you considered old if you saw Bear Bryant coaching Alabama? Asking for myself and Travis. Oof. Tim's probably in that group. I, I saw, I saw him telling. I, I, I still him very I, young. I still have pains about that Cotton Bowl loss yeah. to the my University first, of Texas all those years ago. My in first Dallas. memory yeah. for football was the the Penn State short end zone loss. Oh, where they? Uh, I mean, that was my yeah. first memory. The uncle I mean, of the Penn State player calling. I remember uh, like being so, and they came Preston back, Gothard out of that the end zone. Hooked me yeah. on the the excitement and the, the the depression that went with sports. That kind of hooked me, I think. Yeah, it kind of broke me in. I'm like, I'm here for it. It'll do that. It would so do that, that was your first uh that was your first time like really falling in love? No, I was falling in hate. In hate, okay. I was very I, that's that was hate motivated. I felt very strongly they were cheated in that game. And my brother was a Tennessee fan talking trash had I known <laughs> what was coming. I'd have got some more lumps in there on my brother, but it was pretty much uh 78, 79 for me. I was probably about 10 years old. You know, yeah. I watched that uh sugar bowl goal line stand against Penn state with the old man. Remember that vividly. Uh, yeah, that's how back, that's how far back it, it goes. It goes a pretty good ways. And you guys said this too, about this week and heading into it and sort of the lack of anticipation, but just seems like it's rolled more towards the next class and, you know, we've got comments and questions here in the chat about Antonio Coleman, Andrew, uh, and his visit to Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Obviously, a guy at a very, very high position of value. His ties, obviously, to Auburn University in the past, but had some good feelings for sure about Alabama. What are you picking up on that front? Is there the potential for a change to the change or where are we headed? Well, just in general, from seeing a lot of the different comments from different recruits who are in town, uh, out of state, in state, 
you know, you're continuing to hear the same thing. Like Alabama is still Alabama. Uh, you know, there, there really hadn't been much of a change outside of, you know, Nick Saban no longer being there. And, and obviously that's a, a pretty significant change, but everybody still sees the program as being, you know, the standard. So I think that's the thing that we continue to hear from all these different recruits and talking to Antonio Coleman, um, Joseph had a great interview with him uh, on BOL last night. And he says that he's still committed to Auburn. Now, that was a big shock when he made that flip. I think it was even a huge shock to, to the Auburn fan base and, and reporters when he flipped from uh, Alabama back in uh, mid-December. But came back to Tuscaloosa, sat down with the staff, uh, you know, nose came one week. Um, you know, had a relationship with him uh, down at South Alabama and, you know, had, continues to have a relationship with Freddie Roach, the defensive line coach who's still there. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to, uh, to to visit, show interest. Uh, obviously, his teammate, Ryan Williams, is committed, so he'll be recruiting him for a long time. And Auburn just lost his defensive line coach to the to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you know, there's an opening there for Alabama in it's going to be interesting down in, in Mobile because there's some big-time players down there uh, in this recruiting cycle. And next, you've got Anthony Jones, the number one player, uh, number one linebacker uh, in the country for 2026 uh, down at St. Paul. So that's going to be a big area for Alabama over the next – it's always been a big area for Alabama, but yes. especially over these next couple of years, there's some really elite talent down there. If they can go in, potentially get Antonio Coleman back in the mix. you know, you got Micah DeBose over at uh, Viger High School, another big target for them. And then uh, Anthony Jones. I mean, some big-time players down in that area that Alabama would love to get. But I think that Antonio Coleman certainly had a great time. And, uh, you know, we have a great interview on Bama Online right now with him. Yeah, Joseph yeah, you Hastings. Know, Travis, Go ahead. I wanted to add, like, we were – Bama was already battling for these guys with Nick Saban. These weren't guys that were locks to Alabama. Right. And then Nick Saban retired in this flip. These guys he's Andrew's talking about, DeBose and – Coleman. Coleman flipped while Nick Saban was still unretired. He's still the coach. So these were guys you offered. Was you were expecting the bow for these guys. I tell you one thing on a side note. I think helps the staff that were we as a group, not us in the media, are, are, are not talking about is this support staff, the one that was there, and the ones we see coming in because everyone's got ties to the South, the grassroots level. You know what I mean? They go have you know they've worked the high schools and the. You know, they'll know the seven-on-seven seven coaches and all that. We've seen a big support staff to help them because I think, you know, I've said this before, and I think y'all agree, a guy that can sing and a guy that can recruit, he can recruit whether it's Alaska field hockey, you know what I mean, or it's Canadian tennis. That guy knows how to sell something. You just got to get the right people and connections because, you know, in the South, you know, we're big on knowing everybody's grandmother and all that stuff. So you got to know the right connections to get there. And I feel like they're putting those guys in place. And it's been an impressive group. You know, mostly it's guys we look at, we're not that familiar with. We go and research, and there's really good receipts on them. So also something I think that's going to help Kalen DeBoer and his, his staff of coaches recruit. And if you haven't already, we would certainly encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel here for BamaOnline.com. Hit that subscription button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. That way you get all of our video content as it drops here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. And you're just getting a scratch of the surface of the information you're going to get at BamaOnline.com. Go to BOL, check us out on the roundtable, our premium message board. Trust me, you're going to be glad you did. So, Tim, 
you talked about it earlier, headed into a dead period. What is there really for this staff to do? What does it consist of now uh, for Kalen DeBoer and his guys as we go into this this stretch? I think it's phone calls, you know, getting people, building relationships, getting on the phone, getting ahead of your March, you know, your March. I mean, it's dead. I mean, you can still talk on the phone, but it's dead from now to March. Um, a little bit for Bama fans, for people, you know, in the Bama media, we're able to take a little bit of breath, focus on the basketball team a little bit more, but they're going to work the phones. They did that consistently. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys, we found out for sure they were on the staff because they were making calls or, you know, at the schools. So they're going to do that, pave the way. I think everything points to your March uh, recruiting um, your visitors, but you're also got to get ready for a day, right? You got to get to know your stat, your, your roster. You know what I mean? A day is going to be a massive event this year. In my opinion, it's going to be a lot of people watching um, that's not even Alabama fans. I mean, just the curiosity, I think it's the same way an Alabama fan went fat fan felt when Kirby smart went to Georgia or when they, when one of these big schools gets a new coach, you want to watch and see how it's different or if it's different though. But I think Nick Saban, you know, that's, that's uh that that's 10 times, you know, magnified by replacing him. And I'm not sure Kalen DeBoer could be any more of a 180 from a coaching standpoint. You got offensive guy versus defensive guy, you know, so uh, it's going to be certainly interesting. So I think that's the next two things to fall in line. Andrew, I, I got to think that the retention of Freddie Roach, Rob Gillespie, uh, support staff, people that have been very important to Alabama efforts in the past, uh, this stretch that Alabama just went through, uh, their value was already immense, but probably never more so than this last month. And I think when you know you saw different recruits visit campus, whether they were juniors, Ryan Williams, uh, QB Reese, whoever it was, you know, being able to get back on campus and seeing familiar faces that you know, and not just everybody's completely new. I think that was important. And you know, in the, that that first week, you know, with coaches being not being allowed to go out on the road recruit yet, you had guys that have won national championships for Alabama that that are on the support staff that were able to go out and say, hey. We're going to be all right. We're still here. We're still Alabama. You know, guys like Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Jamie Mosley, Josh Chapman, Denzel Duvall. I thought that was really important for the, for those guys to be out on the road and uh, and help recruit Alabama during that time span. But, yeah, I mean, kind of piggybacking off what Tim said over this next month. And, and I hate that he said, oh, it's going to be dead because now we're going to end up with, you know, 10 plus commitments. I'm no, sure. I mean, Lee, I meant by the NCAA rules, it's the dead period. Don't put that on me. I said it's the dead period. I didn't say nothing would happen because you're better, right. It better be dead. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you. But, uh, but it's going to be an, it's going to be an evaluation month. Um, you know, this is a month where Alabama's this coaching staff, now that they're in place, they're going to sit down, they're going to go through you know, a lot of film. They're going to figure out, you know, who they want to try to get on campus, who they want to go out and see during spring practice, and, you know, who are going to be, you know, those top five guys at every single position or top ten guys at every single position. Because we're seeing a lot of offers that are getting extended right now. You know, a lot of those offers are not committable just yet. You know, they're – we like you. We want to see you a little bit more. We're going to evaluate you. We're going to recruit you. But, you know, we are also still evaluating and recruiting a lot of kids throughout the entire country, not just y'all. So, um, you know, we're going to make sure that we get our recruiting board in order. And I think that's what they're going to try to do over this over the course of the next month. Plus, also try to figure out if they haven't already what areas each coach is going to have 
to recruit because you're going to have different coaches in, in you know all different parts of the country, and you want to make sure that you got the right guys in those areas to recruit. Um, you know, moving forward, Tim. I think Andrew just hit on something that I wanted to expand on with you, and that's the offer process, the early offer, and how it relates to um, whether it's committable or is this going to be similar from what you can tell right now anyway to what we saw under Nick Saban where summer and camps are critical to validation of offers and you know the official visits that now go along with those. Is June and July still going to be what it's been? I think it has to be. I mean, I think any coaching staff, and we harped on it because Nick Saban did it first and it was the most extreme. I mean, we saw five-star guys at Alabama that had a bad camp that they literally, you know, came in with an offer and left without an offer like they were already over it. So I don't know if it'll be to that extreme. I think Nick Saban pushed it to him. But I do think you want to see these guys live and run in person. High school film's not ideal. I mean, I love high school film because it tells me enough to know if I need to go deeper and look further into that player. I think it eliminates uh, uh, questions you have more than anything. But, yeah, I think when you get to this, I mean, everybody's playing the same game, right? You got, you know, I don't know how many offers are committable if you haven't seen them in person. I don't know how many offers are committable if you haven't looked at their grades or dug into their background. So, I mean, throwing an offer out, I mean, we literally see, you know, at Alabama it's always been bad, even under Mike Shula. Somebody has an offer, and then the offers just follow right behind him, right? Well, there's no way they were doing the same research. And it's at other schools, too. A school offers somebody, and I'll look up, and he's got 18 offers in the next 24 hours. I find it hard to believe they all did the same research that the first school did. So it's all playing the same game, but I think get them on campus, seeing them live, also seeing them out in that May evaluation period where they go to high school, all of that plays a part in this because, yeah, you want to I mean it's – it, you want it to be as much like the NFL as possible, and you want to see eyes. You want to see them, you know, at camps. You want to see them at seven-on-seven. Seven, you want to see them as much as possible. Um, I think for every coach, camps – I mean, camp is number two right behind uh, game film. Andrew, it's crazy. We've talked about two or three different aspects of the recruiting process in, the, in this day and age that are directly attributable to Nick Saban recruiting departments, recruiting support staff, camps, how they become integral into all this. And it really does go back uh, to Nick Saban and sort of the innovations that he made on the game during his time at Alabama. So uh, no real slowdown in sight, I guess, Andrew, although this next little bit, ironically enough, with the signing date on Wednesday, the traditional signing date on Wednesday is going to feel like uh, a temporary breather anyway. Yeah, well, y- y'all remember probably 15 years ago, maybe even more, you know, everybody was wondering when all the commitments were going to happen on junior day because Texas used to take 16, oh, yeah. 17 commitments on junior day. So everybody else was like, oh, well, now that Nick Saban's here, finally we're going to start getting all these commitments earlier. Uh, you know, that was never the case. You want to continue to evaluate players you know, throughout the entire process. And I think Nick Saban kind of got caught up in taking some early commitments back in the day. And, and some of those guys, I don't want to say necessarily got dropped, but they ended up going to, uh, to some smaller programs uh, down the road. But you know, I think that this is a week that, you know, we're getting, you know, Wednesday's not going to be really that exciting for 
many Alabama fans, probably not for many people throughout the entire country because everybody signed de- during the uh, during the, the December signing period. So it's just like, let's get there and let's you know, move forward and close the book on this 2024 class. I tell you this, though, if Noah Carter and Ryan Williams were making their decision on Willie on Wednesday, Oof. we got a different damn animal. Me and Andrew's <laughs> not watching – we're not watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's not streaming season. Yeah, we're not two. watching Brandon Miller last night. We're not watching True Detective. You know what I mean? We're on the phones and doing all that. So, I mean, to put in for those are huge commitments, obviously, but we already know where they're going. Um, I think they're, all the drama happened in the, the first round. I told Andrew and I've told Travis, there was a long time in Nick Saban's career where if they got a commitment between February and May, I didn't really even get to know their name that well. I was like, you know what? There's a good chance this guy doesn't end up in the class at the end of the day. Um, and they would go to camp and things would happen. And I don't, not just on Alabama's end, kids would get that early offer, commit to Alabama, and then they'd get 50 more options. So they would go looking as well. So, but yeah, I think we're going to see, I think we could see some, some commitments here the next couple of months, but I do think it would be guys that are the most familiar with. And again, people aren't going to want to hear this to some degree. They'll have to accept it, but there's going to be guys that Nick Saban staffs wanted that Washington de- didn't want, doesn't want, and there's going to be guys Washington wants that Nick Saban staff wouldn't. I mean, that's just coaching. They all don't share, you know, they all don't share the agreement. But I will say this: I remember when Nick Saban, Lance Thompson specifically, arrived at Alabama ahead of Nick Saban, and where they found the program going back to the Saban change stuff with video, and I mean, they've got books this thick that go all the way down to seventh and eighth graders. And then they follow that kid through their senior year. I mean, there's evals are bananas. I would know that Nick Saban arrived to a different type setup under the previous staffs than Kalen DeBoer did. I mean, he arrived up, he arrived like, ah, you know, it was like Indiana Jones scenes where he opened the gates and there's everything, you know, that he could ever want. So not saying Washington didn't have that, but we know how Nick Saban did things and his staff. So he walked into a completely different uh, situation. He left it better than he found Then he, he left it better than he found it. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'd say. Not what do you think? What do you think Saban, uh, what was his reaction when he walked into the, uh, <laughs> to the football well, facility? I can tell you the reaction of a certain assistant coach who just so happened to know me. I was close to that basketball staff. He called me and told me his name and said, what the hell has been going on here? Yeah. It was a Sunday I, I, morning. I, that was my introductions. Like, what the hell has been going on here? Basketball staff, I knew Philip Pearson, Mark Godfrey, and I guess they called and he's what the hell? That's hey, I'm so and so. What the hell's been going on here? And I was like, mm, I don't. Well, all I remember is that brand bit, new, different. That brand yeah. new weight room and everything that had just gotten finished under Mike Shula. Mm-hmm. Nick turned that into a team meeting room. Yeah, and then the the new new weight room went over there next to the indoor facility. And I bet Nick walked in and said, okay, where's the varsity? <laughs> but hey, yeah. to be respectful of a lot of those guys on that 2017, the next year they were yes. what? 11, 12 and 0 going into the SEC championship game. And in 2009, they won a national championship with Corey Reamer and Javier Arenas. Rolando. Rolando Mike McClain. Johnson. Hey, yeah. it, it wasn't like, the transfer portal era now where you could just totally rebuild a team or switch a team out uh, in 12 months. So kudos to yeah, a lot they of were Shula. I'll tell you what, Shula was a good, 
three-star under-the-radar guy, finding them, you know, guys uh, – finding guys – Javier Arenas is always going to be the one, right? The two-star, everybody – you know, a lot of Auburn fans lost their mind because he went to three-star. He definitely should have been in the top 100 in hindsight. Um, but they would find guys like that, and me and Andrew would have to deal with and Travis would have to deal with – Another one under a rock. We got another one, you know, another hidden gym. Yeah. Back then you could develop guys too, though. Now, I mean, it's like player development's gone out the window. I still love the Bama bump. They just hit the portal. Because I get to tweet every year in the draft that the NFL also believes in the Bama bump. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. as they have guys, how many this year? Two to four drafted in the first round this year. Am a bump, three, three to discount. Man, there's all kinds of things. I they're, only getting, the, they're only getting drafted because they went to Bama. I do you. believe in the saving discount. I do believe that was a, <laughs> the state. Yeah, the Costco for college football. Nick Saban had the the black card. The, gold the deferred card. payment plan. Yeah, yeah. Get that NFL money on layaway. That's Bobby Vanilla. Contract. Oh, geez. What a holiday that is for Bobby. Hey, uh, guys, anything else you want to throw in here before we, we bid for farewell for now? Um, I, you know, to me, it's been a great year. I've enjoyed it. I mean, it's our first year, all of us working together Joseph Hastings, Jimmy Stein, Clint Lamb. Who am I forgetting? Charlie Potter. Shoot, do not forget Charlie. There'll be, be a horse head in my bed a thousand percent. If I do that, but yeah, it's been a great run. I love the fans, the discussion, pretty excited. You know, I didn't know how I'd feel after Saban retired and not saying I'm glad he retired by any means, but I'm pretty excited about what the future holds. I'll say this. It could have been worse. It could have been, I expected a lot more drama. There's been a fair amount of drama, but I expected a lot more um, of drama to get from Nick Saban retiring to where we're at right now, the Sunday before national signing day. I mean, we're obviously going to continue to have a lot of great coverage on BOL and the BOL roundtable. And, you know, we love this YouTube channel. Um, you know, love uh, love our fans on here that watch every single show. So thank you guys so much and uh, continue to support us. Um, it has been a fun year with Bama Online. I've been in this industry about to be 21 years in the fall. So, uh, so, so being able to work with you two guys has been you know, awesome. Uh, we started working together back in June. Uh, feel like we've been working together for a lot longer than that. So, thank you guys for taking me in. And uh, yeah, Tim, Tim has that effect on people. You know, it's I like, do. I have to, like saving I, I ears. I always say that it's because like dog ears. Tim, Tim will take me to lunch from time <laughs> to time, so I have to be nice to him. So, I take him more than that. This freeloader, he is literally. We go as much as we can between work. Whack, we were on a regular schedule to all this broke loose, and then. <laughs> It's been wild. June saw us hitting the ground with the camps, July with the commitments, August with the season. Every game of the season had some form of drama, except the Georgia game, I feel like. I feel like every game we had drama, win or lose, and then, you know, we get through it. You win the SEC, make playoffs, you lose. We survived the portal. We said, you know what, it should be slow now. And then Nick Saban retired. Oy. Right? <laughs> One of those never forget. You know, it was like sending me text messages every single day. Up, oh. four days left, three days left. Hey, hey we got ready? through that portal. I didn't know he's retiring. I wouldn't even have did the. I'm doing it now. Five days left, oh my and God. we're just getting started, which is even crazier to think yes. at BamaOnline.com and right here on the YouTube home for BOL as well. Once again, thanks for joining us, Eric D. Checking in here. Appreciate hey, it, Eric, Eric D. 
saying Thank hit you. the thumbs up for these guys. We appreciate that. And Sam says, thanks, fellas. Thank Y'all are killing it. Keep up the great work that you all give us. Thank you, Sam. And with that, for Tim Watts and Andrew Bone, Travis Ryder, thanking you once again for joining us right here on the YouTube home for BOL. And until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>